Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am delighted to be here with you. We are sitting down on the other side of a beautiful horizon. We are at episode 201, 201, and we do this twice a week, believe it or not, for your benefit. So that you are encouraged and edified uh, by us sharing what is going on in our lives. And this week we've got Jarrell Carper with us. Hello, Jarrell. Oh, hello, Chris. <laughs> what? I never know what to say when you, when you do that. <laughs> Jarrell is a pastor here at University Fellowship Church. 25% of the pastors. <laughs> uh, um, and we are starting the fall off. We, we're officially in fall season which is when we like hit the ground running with all of our initiatives, all of our efforts ministerially and you oversee a very special, very important part of ministry near and dear to my heart Facilities. and my biology <laughs> <laughs> men's ministry. <laughs> oh man. Future Christians are going to look back and be like, wow, why do they separate the men and the women? It does feel like I, I've wanted to do research on like the history of men's ministry. And I mean, I think there's always been things like that. You know, if you read church history, you'll find male pastors having little male cohorts of this or that situation, but like whole church programming dedicated to these paradigms. And, you know, we're a pretty big church, but a little bit larger, we could have a full-time women's ministry pastor, a full-time men's ministry pastor. And it's like, I it just feels like something that is just a, an evangelical phenomenon yeah. of the recent times. And we are in the vortex. <laughs> I you can't beat him, join feel, him. <laughs> feel like your job description is <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, just, it, it sounds like you're advocating for men's ministry being a, absorbed in a larger body. Hey, Jamie and I are talking of maybe there's some ways to merge. <laughs> you just start at that point. <laughs> I mean, to church. be honest, <laughs> if I do something that is not men's ministry, I just call it discipleship. Yeah. And if I do something that's only for men, I call it men's ministry, but I'll do the exact same <laughs> thing. It's just who, who are we inviting everyone yeah. or just half of us? <laughs> well, statistically less than half. Well, yeah, I don't know. We should pull the stats sometimes. David did that once. We've already lost listeners. <laughs> We're talking about community uh, this fall with our men's ministry. Yep. And by the way, the fall is good for podcasting because I'm already wearing a flannel. I didn't have to put on layers to come into Chris's office. Yeah. So that's a win. Yep. That's a win. And I'm, we're kicking off the third century of Eat the Scroll podcast. We are. 201. It's pretty wild to yeah. be going out this strong with your help and the Soon help of the rest of the team. Yeah. 204 would be, 208 would be two years. 104 a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's called math, Chris. You should try it sometime. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so men's ministry is kicking off. Oh uh, yeah. We've done a couple different. I mean, I, I don't know if this works, but I, I think repetition is a key to learning as well. And so I, I, I preached a sermon on community. We're doing community events. One of which was the recent grill off mm -hmm. where I did a sermon on community. And I just basically did an email version of that like 30 minutes ago. Big success. Uh, this fall we're doing uh men's retreat where i'm going to do three teachings on different angles on community um and hopefully it's inspiring people to think a little differently and engage a little differently and try to live out 
the Christian community. So that's what's been on my mind. That's what I've been reading and thinking about. And so um, I, I've been encouraging people into the diversity of community, mm-hmm. um, which is don't just hang out with people who are like you. Um, but, but I can do that by saying like, you should just do it because you're supposed to, or I can make you feel guilty. But I want to present a benefit of being in diverse communities, yeah. particularly around age. Um, and hopefully it's a, it's motivating in a compelling way, not a guilt, guilt driven way. So, um, I want to talk about, <laughs> well, just swallowed a fly. <laughs> There's so many flies in this office. I'm always <laughs> <Yeah>. swallowing them. <laughs> uh, how growth and learning can happen, uh, in diverse communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about technology. And so to ask the question, how and from whom do we learn things yep. today? Ped- and pedagogy. Well, yeah, that would be my my educational theory, <laughs> which is actually just may- basically means of educating children because is it pedo, children? Oh, like yeah, yeah, from the word pedo. Yeah, but that term has come to mean all kind of like philosophy, philosophy of, of education, education and learning. Yeah. But it's really just about kids initially. I got etymologically. Anyways, um, <laughs> and etymology means <laughs> how the meaning how we of word. a word <laughs> and words mean. So I think nowadays, if you're like, "Hey, my car broke down," or "I want to build this thing in my house," or "I want to figure out how to be a better parent," um, or "How to have a better marriage," or whatever, we're going to turn to the internet. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch a YouTube video. We're going to follow an Instagram channel. We're going to um, read a blog post of three ways to get your four-year-old to stop yelling and throwing tantrums mm-hmm. and some random person in a hashtag influencer <laughs> of who knows what is going to inform you how to do how to cook how to parent how to have a marriage how to re- do your finances um, and so our learning and growth is happening from off like disconnected and unknown sources mm-hmm. often digitally and often in like a, like I'm just sitting on my couch by myself engaging in that content. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does the fact that that exists and is so prevalent, namely, is that um, indicative of a deficit within the church body? <laughs> well, we're going to go there. Okay. And I don't, I mean, there's different ways you could say it. Um, yes or no? We guess we could say <laughs> a deficit, but it is just, it is what it is. And I think being aware of it. Um, and so what, what, you know, if you go back to a more, a smaller community, uh, maybe a small town feel, even a tribal feel where in the evening you, because you're connected, um, to your tribe in a particular, you know, you need these people to survive. You're kind of like sitting around the campfire mm-hmm. <laughs> with nothing else to do. And the elders are the ones telling the stories about yeah. your community's history or about, parables about ethics and how to live and you're watching um people hunt and you're watching people cook and you're watching people build things and the way that you are learning about how to be a human is by being connected to um diverse age groups who are passing down that knowledge to you through um action and apprenticeship or just verbal instruction and and storytelling Mm -hmm. and so you become you you know how to cook because you've watched it. You know how to parent because you've been um, immersed in other people parenting. You know how to hunt because you've gone on hunts. And I think because we've isolated 
and we just kind of i mean we almost pride ourselves on independence we don't want to almost yeah (laughs) yeah we we do (laughs) like we don't want to inconvenience someone and Mm -hmm. and so um we can often then live in an echo chamber within those particular things so if you are all about clean eating or something and suddenly like the internet knows that Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything coming into your feed is going to be this or that thing and suddenly like yeah it it hurts um a wider range of knowledge if you're only receiving data from particular um spheres you know Mm -hmm. so i wonder if christian community could actually begin to it like if we shared more space together you know if the older women of our church were um like doing the things that they do around the younger women of our church and the older men were doing things that older that younger men or not even just men and women but in this case i'm talking about men's ministry um like what would translating parenting and marriage skills look like like we could do a marriage conference we could have a marriage small group we could do a parenting sermon series which we did and i wonder if um if our young singles or young families or young marrieds would better learn about marriage and parenting by simply being immersed with other ufc families like um you know if our marriage counseling was young couples spending every week with a healthy married couple watching them live and mm-hmm. exist and going like to the house for dinner and going on a trip and you'd you'd learn through um through just experience um and the the one of the paradigms i like to think about is caught versus taught mm-hmm. like did you just catch on to that learning or were you explicitly taught that and i think or we catch a whole lot more <laughs> than we attach <laughs> no then then we <laughs> Uh, receive through kind of direct mm-hmm. direct teaching and so or if that's if that's theology like how are we getting our theology or, or our ethics or our worldviews is that just in little bible studies of people like us or are we really breaking down some of the walls of um, i think our younger generation would really do well to sit around people that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and hear what life was like yeah <laughs> um and hear their stories um, and not just uh, receive kind of knowledge in in a vacuum. And I think the the church is set up to be a very age diverse community. But I think for a number of reasons, often practical reasons, we can very quickly become very separate. Mm-hmm. And it is at a human development level, obviously a kindergarten. Like I have a four year old and two year old. They're not going to get anything out of Brett's sermons. Right. <laughs> no offense, Brett. Just any sermons. <laughs> um. And so they need a particular Sunday school class, but then like we age that up to middle schoolers, to high school youth group, to a college group. A lot of churches want a young adult group. We just had an, uh, I almost called them the empty nesters. That was my last church. Encore, Encore. where it's like a lunch, yeah, middle of the day. And so, um, and I, you know, I've been writing this, a lot of practical reasons, scheduling, time commitments, money, availability, topics you want to talk about, just being familiar. I mean, it's, it's hard to take little kids and do a group where you're the only one with little kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so there's just a lot of practical reasons why we separate by ages or by demographics. But I think that we're not taking advantage of um, some of the beauty that can be had when we're in diverse friendships in the church. How, how does one decide how far they're willing to push and how much they're willing to ask of a body of believers 
before that's exceeded some, I don't want to say arbitrary, but, but some ambiguous line out there. Cause you right. said there's lots of practical reasons we divide our people. And yet we also talk about the union and unity of the body of Christ. So what is that line and how do we find it? Or do uh, we just say, well, until you're don't work. exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think from, for myself personally, it's hard whenever I think about this stuff, it's really hard because my job has been working full time in a church for over 10 years. So mm -hmm. like to think about, okay, I have this career, but I'm also part of this church. What other bandwidth? Like I'm so immersed in it. Um, it's hard to think about my reality outside of this reality. Um, and so obviously we're not saying we I mean, were a pretty large church. It's I think one of, you know, how many people should you know that are outside your kind of, sphere whether that's economics or career or mm -hmm. life stage or you know income bracket and then how diverse should that be mm -hmm. um, because it is can be very very difficult to even hold a conversation with someone at a 60 year age gap <laughs> you know yeah um and so i i don't know where the line is i think i mean I don't know if this is something you can necessarily program in a church. Mm -hmm. um, I'll share some examples of how I tried to do that in the past. Um, but I, th I think it should just kind of happen. Like people need to take the initiative to make it happen naturally. And, you know, so if you're a young couple, like is there an older couple in this church that you really admire their marriage and you want to just say, Hey, could you, could we just share a dinner like every week or every other week and just live life with you, mm -hmm. you know? And if, you know, if you're a college student, like find someone in this church that maybe could be like a mentor figure that's significantly older, that isn't just another college student doing a Bible study with you or something yeah. like that. Um, and it's it's hard, like someone's going to have to flex schedule, someone's going to have to flex preferences. Um, and I even like at a programmatic level, it's scheduling something. I'm like, if I schedule something in the middle of the day... <laughs> I'm only looking at retired guys, right? Yeah. If I schedule something early in the morning, who's who can wake up that early, late at night? Who is available that night on the weekends? And I'm thinking about which demographics are available. Just That's just scheduling a program. And so I think a lot of this is like more up to the church to catch the vision of how could I put myself in a place for like holistic life living to glean from people who think differently than me, whether I have more experience or maybe they come from a different background. Mm -hmm. um, and even a lot of our small groups are based around like this, the small group would kind of be the the tool at a large church like this. Yeah. Um, but a lot of those mostly for scheduling reasons are based around age as well. So, yeah. And a lot of the issues need to be addressed outside of the scope that they're occurring in. You know, if you, if you get a, uh, feedback from your peers all the time, you're going to get um, something that is immersed in that same space that you're immersed in. So you're going to lack all those other valuable, wizened, time-tested things. Right. Well, and and one of the keys to compassion to other to people who are different than you is, is like understanding and seeing someone as a person. And so it can be easy for a younger demographic to kind of view, maybe view like the very older demographics of the church is just kind of like, oh man, like, what do you like? You just, your opinions are so outdated. Your, yeah. your words are so outdated. But when you begin to know the person, like, oh, I totally see why you think like that. Mm -hmm. You start to put yourself in their shoes. And you're like, man, what would I feel like? I would start to feel like invalued in the church because what can I really give anymore? 
Um, if you're young, maybe you feel that same way. And so the older demographics can like, here, come alongside me. I want to, I want to make you feel mm-hmm. valuable. Um, one thing I did, um, cause I spent time in youth ministry, which I talked about before. Um, but I, I tried to get my youth groups to any, every single church thing that was like a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all my women's retreat you're going on the retreat men's retreat you're going on the thing we're doing this church barbecue you're coming here you're the youth group so um one of the things i did um was our the at my last church the the re, i don't know what to say the retired group mm-hmm. the encore group was called empty nesters um and we found out that they played a lot of pickleball and oh. so what we did is we scheduled a date where our youth group on a youth group night, we met instead of at church, we met at the pickleball courts and we challenged the empty nesters to a pickleball tournament. Nice. And then that kind of started. Well, actually that started because once a year we did a taco night with them. We merged and our youth group with the empty nesters group, we spread tables out, we mixed up the tables and it was just eat tacos. And then I would ask like, like question cards on the table of like, how do you feel like your generation is most under misunderstood or something like that? Mm -hmm. And it would just lead to conversations so like out of these interactions came like one of my high school students. Um, she became really good friends with one of the older women and, you know, a friendship that would never happen and like out yeah. naturally. And then, you know, I go to this, her graduation party or something. And here is this older woman. And it's like a bunch of high school people in this, this older woman. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what is this happening? And they would text <laughs> and they would tag each other on Instagram and they would dress the same. And it was like hilarious. And this became friends and mm-hmm. it was really cool to see. Um, another thing I did was one summer, I tried to do this thing that's called how to survive in the real world. Mm-hmm. And basically I took my youth group, um, instead of doing the regular youth group, we'd go to different people from the church to like their businesses or to their expertise. So, um, there was a guy who had a Volkswagen repair shop. So I took the youth group to his shop, like on after hours and he taught them how to change the tire on a car. That's and they cool. got to know him. He got to share his story. They all got to interact and connect. And then we did one on food and cooking. I can't remember all that we did. And it was just trying to, I mean, what I'm trying to do is program mm-hmm. intergenerational learning and feedback and not just on quote spiritual things, but just like life. Um, and I don't know how much all of that, you know, what fruit came down the pipe of all that because there's a limit to the program. But it's just some. It's just stuff like that. It's like how could we as a church community, um, proactively break down some of the walls that separate us demographically or uh, like age wise, and allow some of the older the older generation to pass on information, allow the younger generation to catch the older generation up to speed, and everyone to feel like a little bit more compassionate to people who are different than them mm-hmm. because they now understand and they've they've learned and. Um, I think, I think it could be really cool picture of what the church could be. Yeah. So I'm maybe jumping ahead. So if you want to dip, dodge, duck, dive, and dip this question, you certainly are welcome to. (laughs) How uh, and do you see this informing your vision for men's ministry in the in the near future? Yeah. Well, the, the. I really str- I struggle with this at like a leadership level because I think it's not hard to see this picture of like, oh yeah, that would be really cool for men to be in community across the board and not just kind of in people who are like them. Um, 
but like how to actually make that happen yeah is really difficult you can you can teach and preach all you want but at the end of the day if it's going to happen organically people just men just need to do it what i'm trying to do at a programmatic level is at least create space for those things to to start and yeah. so we just had that grill off probably 115 men they were forced to sit by someone they didn't know they were encouraged to seek out people from a different age group they were given questions that allowed for conversation mm-hmm. they're invited to get phone numbers or invite to something else into their circles and so i don't know i mean probably 20 to 30 to 50 conversations happen that will stick and last and they'll see someone on, they'll see them each other on sunday yeah. and say hey maybe they'll grab a coffee or this or that so i don't know it it is it's interesting to think about that at a large church of like how does this happen yeah um and i th- i mean i think the way that you get to know people is just spending time with them so it's like yeah. how do we create spaces for people to exist together and like on a sunday morning um there's just it's just pretty it's pretty limited well, I think what made that event successful was that you created this space for them. We also gave them tools and you gave them expectations. Because if this thing happened organically, it would have already happened, right? If we're waiting on this to organically happen spontaneously, it would be thriving all on its own. Wouldn't need any of right. us to to provide leadership to that. And so I think those things were really valuable that you gave them, you gave them an expectation and the, the, vision to see this can be successful yeah you sit down you have a conversation with somebody who's got different hair color than you you know (laughs) or less hair than you do or whatever um speak for yourself chris (laughs) i do have less hair than you do (laughs) and not just because i got cut recently um so i think that was one thing that i witnessed at least in how you were leading that that i think made it successful because i do think you can't force relationships obviously um I mean, arranged marriages, maybe you can't, I don't know, but that doesn't apply here. You can't force friendships. Maybe that's the ticket. That's what we're missing. (laughs) Arranged friendships. Yeah. I think there's something to that anyways. um, But I think sometimes we, we say, well, those things need to happen naturally or organically as almost an opt out of like doing anything. And I'm glad that we're not taking that approach. Like we say, let's create the space. Let's not quite get to the point of forcing friendships, um, but let's give them some tools in their hands so they go, oh, okay, I can kind of wrap my head around this and cross that barrier. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Rich Carroll did that kind of mentoring training. So there's 20, 15, 20 guys that have gone through a 10-week kind of mentorship, how how to mentor someone training. So there's that system. Even as you were talking, I was like, what if we did an experimental small group and we got... Like maybe there's like five, five different like demographics rep- or ages represented, and mm-hmm. it was like we just did a trial small group, of like yeah. a, you know, and like hey, meet together for a year and just see how this see how this works out, and yeah, um, I I do think you know for every young mom out there that has kids and is hustling around and trying to get the house clean and trying to blah 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 all that stuff for like have like a an older woman swing mm-hmm. by that knows the ropes and can step in and help and talk. And like, that would be super cool. Oh, that, that would be a game changer. Oh yeah. Like Absolutely. what if our church is like, Hey, every, every young mom in our church has like one or two call, call it some Greek word, you know? So it sounds yeah. cool. And you know, and like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's just your tattoo. Chris. <laughs> um, anyways, so we could hy- hypothesize all day, but 
um, yeah, I think that that is like one of the struggles of pastoral ministry is, or any leadership role. It's where are we? We know that. Where do we want to go? We know that. Now, how do we move people? People moving. Yep. People um, moving in the business of people moving. Yeah. Yelling, yelling at people doesn't typically work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask Sean. He does that. He yells. throwing tires around thing. Is that why? Oh, CrossFit. SpaceX CrossFit. That's right. Oh, no, they pump gas into the CrossFit. <laughs> and it's like Disney World. They, it's it's an addiction. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's called endorphins and from yeah. exercise, and you could try it sometimes. Fight or flight <laughs> kicks in, and yeah, it's a heck of a drug. Um, Anyways, well, so that if you're listening, I, I would just I would encourage you. What type of relationship would you really enjoy having? Um, if you're young, is there an old, older person? If you're old, is there a younger person? If you're married, single, large family, small family, kids, no kids, um, and maybe maybe commit to every Sunday meeting someone new, um, having someone over to to dinner you've never had before, joining a diverse type small group, um, and and being proactive. And let's see where we can go. Yeah, and I'd push it a little bit further than that. I know you're shaking your head now. <laughs> And say that there's a biblical imperative for this, that there's instruction for this very thing. Um, and I would agree with you. I think this is how we see the body of God, the family of God thrive and do well. So the body of God different than the body of Christ. It is. It's <laughs> <laughs> like bigger. Equal in substance, distinct in persons. <laughs> Anyways, okay, we're going to get zapped. I, yeah, about to get zapped. Crystal we made it through Acts without getting zapped. So Yeah. Hey, welcome to the third century of Eat This Scroll podcast. I am happy <laughs> to welcome you. Episode 201. 201, baby. I'll be back for 301. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said about Brett. I was like, you'll be back in 100 episodes. All right, listener, hopefully you're encouraged to live out the realities that we are in a family together, that uh, young and old have something valuable and wonderful to bring this body. And we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. 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 Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 